Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. So last week, we kicked off this brand new collection collection of talks that I entitled, This Is Us. Everybody say, This Is Us. Y'all remember that TV show, This Is Us? Has nothing to do with my message, just thought I'd say that. Um, But the subject that we're dealing with for the next four to six weeks is um, we're dealing with relationships. And it's always amazed me how the enemy um, lets me know that I'm on target when it comes to what we're talking about. Because he always, uh, he always raises his head. You know, y'all remember that? Remember the TV uh, show Wizard of Oz, the movie, and, and they pulled back. And you thought there was this big, big, great, great wizard, and they pulled back, and it was this little bitty dude. Can I just tell y'all, the devil had his bark is a lot is a lot uh, heavier than his bite. Matter of fact, his bite is nothing. The devil, I mean, the Bible says he's yanked the teeth. He ain't got no teeth. He'd gum you to death, but he ain't got no. And so, so the devil is like the wizard. You pull it back, and what we're doing is we're pulling back the darkness and exposing what he's trying to do in our marriages, what he's trying to do in our relationships, inside church, outside church, on the job, in our homes, with our kids, with our family members, and he does not like it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I got some information last week, and it's like, he doesn't like when you expose his plan. So I'm going to keep exposing. Is that all right with y'all? So I've titled today's, the part two, today's part two of this, of this collection of talks, and I titled today simply this, and I hope you're taking notes, a friend God designed. A friend that God designed. Not a friendship based on what you think friendship should look like, but what does a friendship look like that God has established from the very beginning? Last week, we laid the groundwork, and we talked about how how all we need or or what we need is Jesus, but then as we begin to dive into his word, we, we recognize that it's more than just Jesus that we need. We need each other. And I know I've heard people over the years, no, brother, all I need is God. That's all. It's just me and Jesus. Well, that sounds real admirable until you actually read the Bible. And you could start in Genesis. That's kind of where it all started. When God made the heavens and the earth and he said that it was good. And then he made man and said, here, you can have it all. It all belongs to you. Adam was without sin. He was perfect. That's not you and I. (laughs) he was perfect and he looked and he said it's still not good something's missing he said it's not good for man to be alone so he made woman whoa man (laughs) he made a woman hello (laughs) i'm gonna keep on moving because y'all know that could get dangerous but see he looked at adam and said something's missing and that's the basis of this talk, this collection of talks, the series, is that we need more than just Jesus. He established from the very beginning that we need each other. Yeah. Lean over to somebody beside you other than your spouse and tell them, say, I need you. Today we're going to look specifically at what a friend that God, a friendship that God would have designed, what it looks like. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, that's after 1 Corinthians. Chapter 7, it's going to be on the screen for you if you don't have your Bible with you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 says this. When, now, this is, this, is, this is a letter 
that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says this, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict. Everybody say conflict. Anybody had any of that this week? <laughs> yeah, we face conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. I want to point something out real quick that when God's at work in your life, he works from the inside out and the devil works from the outside in. So anytime you're facing a battle, listen to me. Anytime you're facing a battle on the outside, remember it's not about what's happening on the outside of you. He's trying to connect with what's on the inside of you. Amen. That gifting, that potential, that greatness, that purpose. He's trying to come in and steal from you. It's about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing on the inside. And the enemy is trying to get your attention that that's what he's after. You hear people say all the time, oh, the devil's after me. He's done got my refrigerator. He done zapped my computer. Now the devil ain't interested in your computer, your hot water heater, or your refrigerator. He's interested in, 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 in sabotaging your peace and stealing your joy. He wants to disrupt your peace. Let me keep reading 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6 and 7 says this, but God, everybody say, but God. He said, but God who encourages those who are discouraged. I'm so thankful for that. He encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy. And so was the news that he brought of the encouragement he received from you. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you'll take these next few moments. Gathered around your word. Father, may we see you in a way we've never seen you before. Father, may we look at friendships in a way we probably may have never looked at before. That friendships, relationships were ordained from the very beginning of creation. And God, we want to do it your way. We want, to, we want our lives to look the way that you originally designed them from the original blueprint. God, help us to pull away from places we've been and things that we've done and relationships that we really don't need to be in. And help us to see the relationships and connect with you and others. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So let me say this about relationships. Great relationships don't just happen. That's why what you guys have done over the past three years, four years, it took, it took time away from work. Sure, you might have put some, put some PTO time away, but it, it cost you something. Because being Amy didn't pay for y'all to be like, everything for y'all to be right. It costs you something. What am I saying? It's a good anything great in your life is going to come at a cost. The example was Christ on the cross. Anything great is going to come at an expense. Great relationships. This is, I wrote that, wrote it down this way. Great relationships are forged through great effort. Somebody write that down. Y'all are looking at me. I'm wanting you to write that down. Because when I was sitting outside this week and I was studying my notes and looking over this, how many are thankful for the, the, the cooler, cooler weather we've experienced rolling into June? It's been nice to be outside. Maybe that's my problem. I've been outside a little too much. But he, the Holy Spirit gave me that. Great relationships are forged through great effort. It doesn't matter if it's a friendship, marriage, or parenting. All relationships are going to take work. Where's my parents at? Don't give up on parenting. Don't give up 
on their snotty, sassy attitude. I say this all the time. What we don't like in others is a reflection of what we're struggling with in our own lives. If your kid's got a sassy mouth, that's because... Okay, I'm going to keep on moving. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, Father, hide me behind the cross today. I want to be a good steward. <laughs> Y'all are too serious for me today. Listen, it's very rare for anything good in your life to just naturally happen. It's, gonna, it's not going to come automatically. It's going to take effort and hard work. Every great thing in your life is going to require work. When it comes to relationships, the moment that you stop putting forth an effort is the moment that that relationship becomes toxic. The moment that you stop putting forth an effort in your marriage is the, is the moment that your marriage becomes toxic. The moment that you stop parenting and shepherding, and leading and guiding your kids is the moment that that relationship too becomes toxic. He said, but God who encourages those who are discouraged. God, will, if you came in discouraged today, uh, one, one, of our, one of our guests said, man, the hospitality in this house is unbelievable. If you came in here discouraged, it's our prayer that you leave encouraged and lifted up and full of hope. But God who encourages those who are discouraged, he encouraged us. How? Not by just reading the Bible. What's it say? He encouraged us how? By the arrival of a friend. <laughs> da, 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 da. Ding, 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 ding. That, that, that shows us that there is still something that we need to see the importance of. <clears throat> importance of relationship. I want to ask, are you a friend like Titus? Are you that kind of friend? That when people think of you, they're like, man, when God gave me you. No, when God, are you the type of friend that people say, when God put you in my life, he put a miracle in my life. I'm just going to be honest. When God put this family in front of Amy and I and our family, he gave us a miracle. <laughs> Be a friend like Titus. That wherever you go, people are like, man, that's a breath of fresh air when that boy walks in the room. Don't bring, don't bring your, your doubt, discouragement, your, your, your potty mouth, so to speak, your potty attitude. Don't bring that into the room because that's contagious too. Hello. Does anybody desire to be that kind of friend? I need to be surrounded by those kinds of friends, but I also want to be. How do we do it? How do we become a friend like that God would design? I've got four of them. Here's the first one. Point number one, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Let me say it this way. Nothing reveals my passion and love for Jesus like my passion and love for people. <laughs> Can I say that again? Nothing reveals how much I love God as much as how I love you. Because if, if my relationship with him is jaded and jacked up, my relationship this way is going to be jaded and jacked up. If my relationship with God is a little off-centered, off then my relationship with my wife is going to be a little off-centered. I can always tell Amen, where one of us hadn't been doing what we're supposed to be doing with Jesus. Hello. Amen. Amen. And y'all thinking it's her just because I'm the pastor. <laughs> nope. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes I let outside interference get to me, and it gets in my heart. And then sometimes I say things that, yep, and you know, you can't take them back. You can't take words back. So, oh, be careful, little mouth and tongue, what you say. 
Basically, this is what I was saying. The depth, of my, the depth of my relationships horizontally is determined and a direct reflection of my vertical relationship with God. Did you see what I'm saying? How healthy are my relationships here is going to be determined by how, how healthy my relationship is with God. If my relationships are jacked up horizontally, it's a great indication that there's a disconnect between my vertical relationship with God. Let me say it this way. If I'm in constant conflict with others, that's an indicator that there's something terribly wrong. This way. Think about it now. If I'm constantly in conflict with somebody, a situation gaslights me and I'm like, bah, yeah, let's put them gloves on. I got something for you. It ain't Jesus. Y'all know how we do? Let's just keep it real. If you're in constant conflict, it's time to come back Focus on this. So that way these things, these relationships will plane out and steady out like they're supposed to. Amen? Amen. First John chapter 4, verse 20. Are you still with me this morning? If someone says, I love God but hates a fellow believer. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. This ain't for the non-Christians outside. This is for you and me. If someone says that I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person who said, I love God, that person is a liar. For if we do not love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot? Can't see. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must, everybody say must, must also love their fellow believers. It has always blown my mind how people who say they love God can allow conflict in the church. Now, I know how it happens because I have a will. You have a will. You have ugly, nasty flesh. I got ugly, nasty flesh. And if I don't keep that thing at bay and I let my flesh sit on the throne, then guess what? There'll be conflict between me and you. I've never really understood how there can be conflict between two churches. <laughs> just, because, just because the verbiage on your sign looks different than the verbiage on our sign. I mean, they ain't, they ain't separate blocks in heaven. Hello. I mean, I ain't been there. But I, the, what I feel like the song said, <clears throat> I can't sing it, but when we all get to heaven, that's all, that's all of us. That's everybody down on that end of town in every church, and that's everybody all around the world. That's all, that's all of us when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Guess what we should be doing down here on earth? We should be rejoicing together, celebrating together, serving one another together. But if my relationship this way is jacked, so will this. This is how I know if you love God. Not by how well you sing. Not how, how, how high and how long throughout all of worship you lift your hands. Not how, by, not how loud you shout amen in the middle of my message just because it, you felt it. Listen, that does not mean that you love God. It doesn't matter how often you speak in tongues. It doesn't matter how often you, uh, you, you attend church. How do I know you love God? By how you treat people. Relationships are the clearest mirror that I have to show me the condition of my relationship with God. Matthew chapter 5. I'm, I'm just throwing some verses at you this morning. Matthew chapter 5, 23. People say, well, does he preach from the word? Yep, and this Sunday I'm giving you almost all of it. Just kidding. 523 says this. Oh, I love this. I love this. So, everybody say so. 
If you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, you know, you come down front in the middle of worship and you're down here and you're worshiping. And all of a sudden, something enters your mind. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, what's it say? Leave what? Leave what? Leave your gift. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice. Basically what God is saying, I'm not interested in your gift. I'm not inter interested in your sacrifice if you ain't lining it up according to my word. If you got problems with Sally and I, 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 if, you got, if you got problems with people, I can't name people that ain't in the church because we got a, a, a big church and there's a lot of names in here. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry. How about that? If you got issues, it's amazing how, how God will bring stuff to your remembrance of who you got problems with or who has problems with you when you get in his presence. Now, it's real hard to hear from God when you're in here and, and, you, and, you're thinking of, and you're thinking about Tom, Dick, and Harry. Hello. Yeah, I wish they were here. This message is for them. They need to be here in this message. I'll make sure I send the podcast link. <laughs> Y'all don't look at me crazy. Y'all know it's true. Come on now. Listen, I can't love God and hate you. I can't love God and have aught in my heart for another pastor in this community. <laughs> Not according to the word. He, want, he, he don't care how, how, how good my collection of talks are. If I got issues and I know they're there and I'm not willing to make it right. Huh? The New Testament is packed full of biblical instruction on how we're to handle relationships with one another. Listen, the Bible tells us to love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, live in harmony with one another, build one another up, accept one another. There's actually a hundred of these. I'm just giving you a few. Care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, be patient with one another, forgive one another, be kind to one another, be compassionate with one another. This is just a few of them. So what's that mean? It means there's a level of relationships or a level of relationship inside my relationship with God that can, that can only cultivate and grow when I'm in community. Let, let, me, let me break it down. Yes, the depth of how well my relationships are going this way is determined by how well this is going. But according to this, I have to make you a priority also. In order, there's something that happens when I'm doing biblically what I'm supposed to that actually empowers this to get stronger. Amen. It goes both ways, is what I'm trying to say. You can't have one without the other. Yes, balance. And that's the problem with a lot of society today. There's a lot of things out of balance. And we don't like people telling us that you're out of balance. We like our crooked. We like our, we like our crookedness. You look silly. I remember sometimes when I, back in my past, and I copped an attitude and I let something slip out of my mouth and Amy Weber said, that don't even sound good coming out your mouth. I was crooked. You remember? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Maybe not the time, but because there was probably only one, right? <laughs> Y'all know better than that. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, 25. 
23 through 25 says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted. There's a lot of people in this world who have tried church, tried God and got hurt. Let me tell you something. God can be trusted. If you came in here this morning and you're like, I'm new to this whole church thing. I'm not really sure. I'm telling you, listen to my voice. What's left of it? You can trust God. To do what? To keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's what this message on relationships is about. And let us not neglect our meeting together on Sundays. Hello. As some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Point number two, how do we have a relationship that looks like it was forged by God? Number two, fight for others. Fight for others. Some of you have been in this room and have experienced the onslaught of the enemy. You've went through hell and back. And the only reason you're here today is because somebody stood beside you and said, you're going to make it. Get off, devil. You're going to make it. I said, you're going to make it. You need to be somebody that will stand in the gap. I remember that, that um, uh, it actually came up on my newsfeed the other day, that drama skit uh, where, 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 where there was a teenager and all these other teenagers were trying to, to lure, lure the teenager in. And I can't remember the name of it. And, and, and they were trying to get him involved in pornography and, and all this other stuff. And, 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 and Jesus was trying to pull him away. And, he, and, he, and Jesus stood in to all, the, the, the student stood in, being Jesus, stood in and took all the beating from all the people that were trying to get to the one person. Are you willing to take the beating? Are you willing to get in the fight? Are you willing to fight for somebody? The apostle Paul was in a fight and he said, I am facing conflicts and, and, and I, all these battles and I'm dealing with fear. Anybody ever dealt with conflicts, battles and fear in here? That I'm talking to the right place. And God sent the answer. What was the answer? He sent the answer, Titus. Uh, matter of fact, let me read it this way. Can you, can you put that back on the screen? Um, the, 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 the first Corinthians, uh, the, the, verse six. But God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Is verse seven in, still in there? How did he do it? How did Titus encourage? This is, what I'm ta- this is why it's important not to neg- neglect being together. He encouraged them by, by, the, by the encouragement that he received from the church. Paul's writing the letter to the church. He said, Titus came and encouraged us, and he did it based on how you encouraged him. Guess how you're going to encourage others? By what? And I, I know I'm talking real, real fast and probably not making sense, but I'm trying to break this down as, as simple as I can. That's why it's important that you come in here because what happens in here is going to affect how pr- pr- uh, productive and successful you are at helping somebody else by standing in the gap for somebody going, not today, devil. You can make this. You will get through this. Come on, baby. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. I would say that to my baby, you know, to her. And yeah, stand in the gap. What am I saying? People that are discouraged, fight for them. Do you know somebody who's discouraged? Do you know somebody? 
Do you know somebody who's in a battle? Do you know somebody who's in a fight? Do you know somebody who's battling fear, doubt, and anxiety right now? What, what, am, I, what am I telling you? What do I want you to take home? Fight for them. Get you some of these and fight for them. Let me ask, who are you fighting? Who are you fighting with that you should be fighting for? <laughs> Spouses. Who are you fighting and arguing and bickering with that you should be fighting for? Who are you trying to convince of something that you should be praying for them? Who are you trying to change that only the Holy Spirit can change? That's why, that's why a child dedication is so important because, yes, we have a responsibility of raising and training our kids, but at that moment that we said, God, we, you gave us the gift, but we're giving them back to you. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, that does not mean they're going to make the decision right then. That doesn't mean they're going to get it right for the rest of their life starting then. It says that when they are old, they won't depart. Get them in church. Because there is a fight that you don't have to fight. When you let God do it. Because I'm tired of watching the enemy steal young people so casually. And if you can find a church where they're pointing people to Jesus instead of a pastor, instead of a charisma, somebody who can just, can just talk real good and he's a good community. When you get them in a house, I'm telling you, the presence of God will make the difference. And that heart that is hard because of tragedy, because of things that they didn't ask for, it will break. Okay? Every time. Every time, every time. Many of you in this room find yourself fighting with people and I came to tell you today, stop fighting with them and start fighting for them. Because there comes a time where I have to recognize that this battle is not flesh and blood. Bible says that it's against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness. Start fighting against that. Holy Spirit put it down this way because I relate to this because there's a song that we used to sing a long time ago that says, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. You call me. I have no voice left. And the Holy Spirit said this, in order to be a friend of God, I must become a friend like God. I can be up here all day and lead that worship course and bring the house down. I'm a friend of God. But I'm not a true friend of God until I'm a friend like God. And God was willing to lay down, Jesus was willing to lay his life down. Who are you fighting for? Who are you willing to lay down your pride? Who are you willing to lay down your opinions? Who are you willing to lay down your, I got to have it my way? Yeah. See, that's fighting. That, that's, that's, that's saying, I, I'm going to fight with you. I mean, for you, not with you. Because really, come here, Amy. We, there's, there's two different, there's two different, there's two different fight with. Yes, there's a physical violence fight, and I'm not referring to that one. There's another fight that's this, 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 that's ah, 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 
right? But then there's this, then there's a fighting with. Fighting with. Yes, I'm fighting for her because that's my role, but together we're fighting, we're fighting with each other, with each other for a purpose because this has no purpose. Because at the end of the night, one of y'all is sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. If you're going to fight, fight with purpose. If you're going to argue, argue with purpose. But the fight is not this way. The fight is always this way. Because this will get people going in all kinds of other directions. In order to be a friend of God, I must become a friend like God. Nehemiah 4.14 says this. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wives and your homes. Too many daddies have taken the gloves off and they stopped fighting for their families. And our young people are paying the price. There's just something about knowing that there's something about knowing that I have people in my life that are fighting for me. So you can be a Titus friend by showing up, letting people know I'm fighting with you. I'm, I'm fighting for you, but together with, with God. Amen? Y'all get anything out of this today? I really hope so. You need to know there's going to be days in your life that you're going to need a Titus. You're going to need a Titus friend. But there's also going to be days that you're going to have to become a Titus friend. Oh, it's, it's nice to have people stand up in, in the gap for you. But it's not always convenient to stand in the gap for others. Are we a church of convenience? What am I saying? Fight for somebody. If you're married, fight for your marriage. If you've got a family, fight for your family. If you're single and you've got kids, fight for your kids. When you're in a fight, the for, the for sure way to lose is to stop fighting. Did you hear me? If you're in a fight, the guaranteed way that you will lose is if you stop fighting. The only ground that the enemy can take is what you surrender. The only student that the enemy can dupe into all, everything the world has to offer is when you take your hands off and stop fighting. Not fighting with them, fighting for them. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. I hope that you don't spend your whole life hoping that somebody will fight for you. Become a fighter. Listen, in a culture where everybody wants to fight with somebody, hello, who can I, who can I tick off on Facebook today? Be the kind of person who fights for somebody. Number three, how does, God, how does, a, how does a friend designed by God, what does it look like? Number three, it's, it's a friend who will encourage to a fault. It's a friend who will encourage to a fault. I want Release City Church to be a church who encourages almost to a fault. Yeah, but pastor, we need to preach about sin. 
Listen. Anything the Bible says to do and you're not doing, that's sin. And everybody in here needs a little help, including the pastor, with relationships. And if we're not doing relationships based on the way God wants us to, guess what? That's a sin. So your pastor today is talking about sin. As a matter of fact, he said, if you got problems with people and they got problems with you and you know it, I don't care if you show up at church, you need to go get that right, then come back. <clears throat> I'm, talking, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. I want to encourage you and challenge you to encourage to a fault. Like Titus, he brought a presence of joy. Remember what I said, I think, earlier at some point. I said, don't bring in all your, 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 negative, your negative Nancy. Don't bring, don't bring all that in here. Come on, Karen. Mm-mm. Don't bring that in here. <laughs> Karen. Call the devil out, in Jesus' name. What's an encourager look like? This is what an encourager looks like. You can do this. You can make it. God is for you. I don't understand why you're going through it. I don't understand what's happening, but I can tell you that God is for you. I'm praying for you. This is what an encourager looks like. I'm praying for you. You did it the other day at the gym. You came up to me the other day at the gym after Taryn's uh, dad had passed. And I had been, and you was like, I, and, you, I, and you even preferenced it by saying, you've already been here one day, and I didn't want to come and bombard you. But I wanted to tell you that I'm praying for you. Listen, come on day one. Day one. Man, don't let the enemy, oh, he, he, he probably don't want me bothered. No, no, bother me. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just showing you how this works in our everyday life. That's about encourage somebody by saying, you're awesome. You look incredible. I tell my wife that every day. Baby, it, it ain't always incredible. There's other words I use. But, but, but I'm, proud of, I'm proud of you. I do. I, I was, I didn't mind. I, I'm proud. <laughs> I did so good right there. I'm proud of you. Inside joke. It ain't all for public consumption. I'm proud of you. I tell you that all the time. What you're doing and what God is using you to accomplish, I'm proud of you. Be an encourager. Listen, being an encourager doesn't mean that you're ignoring their weaknesses. It just means that you're going to speak to the best and speak to the strengths in them. Because I could point out her faults like she sometimes points out mine. I filtered that. It's going to be a good afternoon. <laughs> I, could, I could point out her faults. But I speak to her strengths. You could point out the, all the faults for your teenagers. You see them. <laughs> all of them. They be trying to hide that stuff. You know why we find them? You know why we find out what they're doing? Because we once did it too. We know exactly where to look. <laughs> and what I said there, direct reflection of you. I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> Somebody run me back because that was powerful. Yes, you want to, thank you. You want to, you want you want you want to see the best in your kid. You want to see better for your students, your teenagers. Start speaking to what they're good at. 
Start modeling a positive environment and a positive culture. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I don't know how it works, but according to God's word, it works. You have the power to change what you don't like. And that includes you. No, what you don't like in you, you have the power to change that too. (laughs) There's so much, there's so much. I'm just... Instead of spending your whole marriage trying to change your spouse, listen, listen. You married him, ma'am, and you married her, sir. I know. You didn't know all that was, you didn't know all that was coming. I, I get it. You didn't know all that was going to change. When you woke up and said, who, who are you? <laughs> Not for me, though. She's beautiful all the time. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I'm really, enough of the jokes. Instead of, what I meant to, what I was trying to say was, instead of, instead of dogging and digging on your spouse in a negative way, start speaking to their strengths. Before I close, I want to give you four C's of, of friendship. I'm going to be done before 12. Watch. I want to give you four C's of friendship. The first one is this. Contribute. Write these down. Contribute. If you got a phone, put it in your phone. Contribute. If you don't have a phone, grab a pen and an envelope in front of you and write these down. Contribute. Any relationship that you're withdrawing from more than you're investing in is a relationship that you're taking advantage of. That is tough. Any relationship that you're withdrawing from more than you're investing in, you, my friend, are taking advantage of that relationship. Always be a contributor. Contribute, number one. Number two, celebrate. Celebrate the successes of others. Don't steal. Listen, celebrating the, the, the successes of others doesn't steal the significance of your success. Remember this. A good celebration is usually loud, so loud about their accomplishment. That's why, that's why I'm so animated. I, I, I want to be an encourager. I want to speak to, I want to, I want, listen, the, the enemy's voice in your ear throughout the week is loud. I want to be louder. I want the voice that you hear when you leave here is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not B's voice, but the voice of the Holy Spirit. Be a contributor. Celebrate. Number three, here it is. Here it is. This is the, this is the third C of friendship. Cover. If your friend makes a mistake, cover it. If your spouse makes a mistake, cover it. If your fiance makes a mistake, love covers. Cover it. Don't gossip about it. Why? Because that just makes you a bad friend and a gossip. (laughs) Which is a double negative. So be a contributor. Be a celebrator. Cover. What's that look like? Make a commitment. If you're married, this is what that means. Make a commitment to publicly cover, but privately confront. If you're married... Make a commitment not to uncover and expose because true love covers. But confront it privately. Shortcomings are not to be shared. They are always to be covered. And I could do a better job at that myself. The last one in closing. You got contribute, celebrate, cover. Last one, here it is. Confront. No true friend lets somebody have something stuck in their teeth. (laughs) 
Y'all thought it was going to be real spiritual. No, I'm serious. We were sitting at dinner at a restaurant, just finished up. And Amy said, hey, can you smile? And I thought, aw. No, she said, no, smile. And I was like, why? I said, I'm not smiling. I probably got something in my teeth. She said, no, smile. That's what I did. She said, oh, my gosh, you've chipped your front tooth in half. <laughs> like, it was like half. Like, <laughs> Good, a good wife would never let her husband smile for the camera with it. And I tell you, I had one tooth this length, and the other tooth was way up here, and it was doing that direction. Because I grind my teeth real bad. So listen, confront. If that friend is doing something that will compromise their purpose, listen to me. This is why I'm talking about, it's, it's, remember last week I, I talked about digging, not, not digging as in I'm going to dig on, on, no dig, dig, let's help you, let's help you get some of this stuff up so you can become all that God wants you to be. Confronting, let's confront some things, listen. If your friend is doing something that will compromise their purpose or your relationship, confront it. I've had those people in my life over the years where I was doing some things that I shouldn't have been doing and I had somebody who recognized my purpose and said you will never get there doing that be a contributor be a celebrator cover confront listen everything I've said worship team come everything I've said comes down to this that you would be a friend that God designed a friend more like Jesus. A friend who fights for others. And a friend who encourages to a fault. I told you I had four, but I only had three. When our relationship with God is strong, so will our relationships with each other will be strong. That's a lot to work on right there. You want a healthy marriage? Get this healthy. You want a better relationship with your kids? Get this healthy. You want a better relationship on the job with them people to drive you crazy? He'll help you through that. So, Father, now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it has the power to transform and change us. God, I ask that it will change. Father, change me. I want to be a contributor. I want to be a celebrator. Father, you've given us a lot today. A lot to work on this week. So, Father, help us to hide this word in our hearts that we would not sin against you. Show us our weaknesses in private and then give us the strength to confront them. And we know you do it, God. You're a God of hope. You're a God of restoration. It's who you are. It's what you do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City, 
or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.